of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But as we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We be seated for the singing of the baptismal hymn as printed in your service folder. Again, the word of God says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is unto you and to your children. This child, as all others, was not born with faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, infants, though seemingly innocent, are, according to Scripture, by birth and nature, sinful. They're children of God's wrath, Paul writes, like the rest of mankind. They cannot, therefore, by their own reason or strength, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ or come to him. And yet faith in Christ is essential for salvation, for Scripture says, In Christ Jesus, 
You are all sons of God through faith. Our Lord himself has said, No one comes unto the Father but by me. Therefore, we can never thank God enough that he has made baptism, that means by which the Holy Spirit creates faith in an infant's heart and links her to Jesus Christ. Thus the Apostle of our Lord says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Again, all who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. And so today again we see God working, God regenerating, that which is spiritually dead. For scripture calls baptism the washing of regeneration. Baptism is God's gracious work. It's not ours. Not our work, and through it the Christian life has its beginning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Observe then the grace and the mighty work of our merciful God. Grace Elisa Dunn, receive the sign of the Holy Cross both upon your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. Before baptizing grace into the triune God, I ask you parents and sponsors, sponsor here present, to bear witness to and publicly pledge that you will faithfully remember this child in your prayers, that you'll put her in mind of her baptism, that she would not forget what God has graciously herein begun, and sponsor that you will give your counsel and aid, especially should she lose her parents, that she may be brought up in the true knowledge and worship of God and be taught the Ten Commandments and the Apostles' Creed and the Lord's Prayer, and that as she grows in years, you place the sacred scriptures into her hands and bring her to the services of God's house, provide for further instruction in the Christian faith, that she may come to the sacrament in time of Christ's body and blood, thus abiding in baptismal grace in the communion with the church, that she may grow up to lead a godly life to the praise and honor of Jesus Christ. Parents and sponsors, this then you intend gladly and willingly to do, if so answered, by saying yes with the help of God. Yes, yes with the help, help of God. God. God enable you then to will and to do these works of his love and with his grace fulfill all that we of ourselves are unable to do. Sponsor, I ask you to answer in the name and in the stead of this child the questions that I'm about to address to her in order that all here might be reminded of what repentance and faith in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit, here works in this child to the glory of God the Father. Grace Elisa Dunn, do you renounce the devil and all of his works and all of his ways? If so, say, I do renounce them. I do renounce them. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? If so, say, I do. I do. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. If so, say, I do. I do. And in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. If so, say, I do. I do. Will you be baptized then into the Holy Christian faith? If so, say, I will. I will. Mm -hmm. 
Grace, Elisa, Donna, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. pray. Most gracious God and Father, by the death of your Son, Jesus Christ, you have reconciled the world unto yourself. In your mercy, today, through this blessed sacrament of water and the Spirit, you have united Grace Elisa to the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, and therefore to the forgiveness and life and salvation accomplished by him. You also have created faith now within her heart. We pray that throughout all of her years, she may be kept in the true faith as she hears your word proclaimed to her, read to her, as in time she receives the sacrament of the Holy Supper, that the faith that you herein have implanted in her might be sustained until the day that she, with all your saints, baptized into Christ Jesus, who believe in him until that day with them that she inherits the fullness of her eternal salvation. We pray that you would bless her to this end, through Christ our Lord. Amen.
is the feast of victory for our God. Me and we entered the man's house. 
And he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. second reading from the Revelation to John, the 21st chapter. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
stand in respect of Christ, whom the Holy Gospel is read. St. John, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. A little while, and you will see me no longer. And again a little while, and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father. And so they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he was talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, and so he said to them, is this what you are asking yourselves, what I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. This is the Gospel of our Lord. confess our Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, life of life, very God of very God, begotten not me, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, 
and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for today from the Holy Gospel, these words of the Lord Jesus, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it unto you, dear friends in Christ. The English language can be so confusing, especially when you have in it words that are spelled alike, but they mean so much differently from each other. For example, the farm was used to produce produce, or the dump was so full that they had to refuse more refuse, or when shot at, the dove dove into the bushes. Words that are spelled alike, but are pronounced differently and understood differently. And then there are those words like that of our sermon title for today, Words that share the same root words as others, but mean something significantly different. 
For example, the root word for executor is execute, but an executioner also executes. And I surely rather be at the receiving end of the executor than I would at the receiving end of the executioner. And I'm sure you would be too. An executioner has an instrument of death in his hands, a, a rope or a sword or an axe or a switch. On the other hand, an executor has a legal document in his hand, a last will and testament that enhances the life of the beneficiary. And we, of course, would be most eternally grateful that the Holy Spirit is spoken of as the latter for us, as an executor, rather than as the former. That's what Jesus, in essence, says that the Holy Spirit is for us in our text for today. He is the executor of all that the Lord Jesus has purchased for you, that he has won for you with his own blood that he has earned for you and is to give to you. The Holy Spirit is the one who is the executor of all of that. He's the one who declares anangelo in the Greek to officially proclaim. It sort of has a legal sense to it. He officially proclaims it to you. He is going to declare it unto you. You sort of have that sense of judicial proclamation, of judicial declaration that's being made as the Holy Spirit carries out his divine responsibilities. And as the divine executor, what are the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit? Well, they're really no different, if you think of it, than that of an executor of any will or last testament would be. If you look at most legal documents, you would find that the duties of the executor are two, primarily. The first is to preserve and to protect the property with which he's been entrusted, and secondly then, to dispense that property when all the debts have been paid, to dispense that properly, that property and to transfer it to the people for whom it was intended, to the entitled heirs, those to whom the estate is to be given. Note it well. The Holy Spirit is the executor of all that Christ has won for us and gives to us. God has not entrusted the disposition and the distribution of all that belongs to him to our human devices and our human programs, and our human techniques, and thank God that he hasn't. He knows us too well, and he loves us sinners too much to allow us sinners to take charge of eternal things. Were it left to us, we surely would have ruined it and destroyed it all long ago. Luther knew that to be the case. And that's why in what's called his sacristy prayer, before he would enter into the pulpit in Wittenberg at the St. Marian Kirche, he would so often pray this prayer, Lord, thou hast made me a pastor and a teacher in the church, and thou dost know how unfit I am to administer rightly this great and this responsible office. And had I been without thy aid and counsel, I would have ruined it all long ago. And then he goes on to ask for God's grace and for God's guidance, ending with these words, Use me, O Lord, as an instrument of thy service. Only do not thou forsake me, for if left to myself, I most certainly would bring it all to ruin. 
Luther knew. And that's what made him the great reformer that he is. Luther knew that the maintaining and the sustaining of the church did not rest with him or any other mortal. He knew that the maintainer and the sustainer of the church has always been and will always be the Holy Spirit. It doesn't rest in the plans or the proposals of men, but rather in the power of the Almighty Spirit of God. And that's evident not only from Luther, but also from the Acts of the Apostles themselves that we read about in the first reading for today. The time and the place, remember, Jerusalem. Not long after the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord, the situation, non-Jews, Gentiles, were believing the word of the crucified and the risen Christ, which was preached to them. The problem, their baptism into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit didn't appear to be enough to satisfy a certain party there in Jerusalem among those early Christians called the Circumcision Party. They insisted that Gentiles must also become sons of Abraham by circumcision in addition to their baptism. Were it not for the Holy Spirit, their present protecting that which had been entrusted to him, you can be sure that Peter and John and Thomas and Andrew and James and all the rest of them would have brought it all to ruin. Were it not for the Holy Spirit there who brought that vision that we heard about to Peter, you can be sure that Peter would have caved in to that politically powerful circumcision party in Jerusalem, even as he would later do in Antioch, when St. Paul had to remember, correct him, publicly rebuke him for conceding all too much to the circumcision party. He, Peter, would have done what so many in our day do, what we're all inclined to do, because we think that there's something human that has to be added to that which Christ himself has done, Peter would have caved under the pressure. Were it not for the Holy Spirit, he would have caved under the pressure and conceded that something had to be added to the works of Christ, to the crucifixion and to the resurrection and to our baptism into Christ's death and resurrection. That as good and necessary as it was, it just wasn't enough. Something more had to be done. Some additional human contribution of one sort or the other had to eventually be factored into that salvation equation in order to bring it to its completeness. Before the, the unclean could be declared clean, there had to be some human action that would be done. Some human work, some human contribution. Perhaps some rote recitation of prescribed religious phrases that would help to justify us. Or maybe some decision made for Jesus on our part that would catapult us then into the kingdom. Or even the giving of ourselves, our time, our talents, our treasures to this group or to that group in or outside of the church to put us over the top, so to speak, and ensure that our justification is complete. Something that we do to add to and to complete all the wonderful things that Christ has done for us. Something that we might do to make spirits soar higher than simple words from pulpits or words with water at fonts as you saw happen this morning with little Grace Elisa or words with bread and wine on altars as we have before us this morning. 
what they're able to do, something humanly that needs to be added to the divine. And the Spirit of God says, not so, Peter. Absolutely not, Peter. What God has made clean, don't call common. Kodomo, in the Greek meaning, don't call it profane, over against sacred. Don't call it unclean. You don't call common, Peter, what God has declared to be clean. And you don't call common the means by which he makes it clean either. Besides, God has added the human element to the equation already. He added it when he gave his own son. His own son who became man, God of human flesh, subsisting. The perfect God-man, Jesus Christ, who made you clean. Not simply by taking your flesh unto himself, but in that flesh taking also your sin unto himself. Your, uncle his uncle your uncleanness unto himself. Becoming your sin for you, suffering for you, dying for you upon the cross, God became the perfect man who then credits his perfection to you so that you are perfect, quote, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. There's nothing, absolutely nothing common about all of that. Nothing common about the God-man of our reading from Revelation today who became man to dwell among men and says no more pain, no more suffering, no more death anymore for all of these things will have passed away. Behold, I make all things new, the most extraordinary gift that's ever been given to man. See what Christ has done to make the unclean clean. See what Jesus Christ has done for all of you. Common. God forbid that we would think such gifts of God to be common, ordinary. These are extraordinary, uncommon gifts. The most extraordinary and uncommon of all. Any wonder that he who with his own blood purchased so much for you at such a great cost now would ensure through his Holy Spirit that what he purchased for you indeed becomes yours through the word and the sacraments that his Holy Spirit causes to work for our good and to his glory. The Holy Spirit, who does not speak on his own authority, Jesus says, but he speaks whatever he hears. The Holy Spirit, whom God the Father then has made the executor of God the Son's last will and testament, which went into effect when he, the testator, died, the Holy Spirit, who is now responsible for the distribution of all that Christ Jesus purchased for you with his own blood. Isn't that what Jesus says in today's gospel? All that the Father has is mine. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, he said, I will take what is mine and I will give it unto you. Christ is, after all, the image of the icon of the invisible God, the firstborn, Scripture says, he's the heir of everything that belongs to the Father, of everything that's made. Jesus is the one to whom God the Father has given everything in heaven and on earth, and Jesus bequeaths it all to you. Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit, inherit the kingdom, the kingdom that's been prepared for you 
from the foundation of the world. And you can be sure that the Holy Spirit will do for you what he has been sent by God the Father and by God the Son to do. He will preserve the entirety of your inheritance for you and he will distribute it to you exactly as he promised that he would do. Luther knew that to be true. And that's why he confessed and he taught this to others in these words that so many of you have committed to memory in times past, he wrote, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him, but the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel. He has enlightened me with his gifts. He sanctified and kept me in the true faith, even as he calls, enlightens, gathers and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. I do nothing. The Holy Spirit, you see, has done everything. Luther rightly attributes the beginning of your faith, the continuation of your faith, and ultimately the blessed consummation of your faith to the Holy Spirit, the executor of the last will and testament of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit, whose work continues still, Luther teaches us, in his large catechism, we're speaking of the third article of the Creed, the article that we've confessed about the Holy Spirit. When he speaks of the Holy Spirit, he says, now, this now is the article which must ever be and remain in operation. Creation is completed. Redemption, the second article, is also finished. But the Holy Ghost carries on his work without ceasing until the last day, and for that purpose, he has appointed a congregation on earth by which he speaks and he does everything. The Holy Spirit, you see, carries on his work. His work as the executor of your inheritance, as the transformer of the life-giving and the life-preserving power of God, which he transforms then and gives to you. Think on it. What does a transformer do? What is that, that big gray cylindrical container on that post out behind your house do? That container that's called a single phase transformer on that wooden pole. It makes electrical power available to you. It receives tens of thousands of volts of electricity into it and then transforms it into lesser amounts that you can use in your house for your dozens of appliances instead of burning your house down. And so we have transformers, not transmitters, but transformers that break down that electricity into meaningful units of power that can indeed be used by you. The Holy Spirit is the transformer of that inexhaustible power of God, making that life-giving and that life-sustaining power of God available to us through means that he is designed particularly and lovingly for us to use. And so you see, all is well. All is well and everything is in order. In order, in the last will and testament of our Lord Jesus Christ, whose executor, the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul says, is the guarantee of your inheritance until we acquire possession of it, unquote. He protects it and he distributes it through the church as he dispenses the creative, redeeming, and sanctifying energy of the living God through the word that is preached, through the water of life that flows over us in baptism, through the bread of life, the very body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which we receive in his holy sacrament, 
all which keeps us in the faith unto, as we say, life everlasting. And that's why you're here. That's why you're here. Not to give something to him, but to receive from him that which he, through his Holy Spirit, has caused you to receive. You're here to receive what the Spirit of God has promised to give the people of Christ who said. He will take what is mine, and he will declare it. He will give it freely unto you. And he does. Here and now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grateful hearts as those in whom God has worked repentance and faith in the victory of Christ Jesus through the word of his Holy Spirit, that we may never forget or neglect or grow indifferent to the saving work and words of Jesus Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For having granted the new birth of baptism to little Grace Elisa Dunn today, by the washing of water in the Spirit, and for thereby having now created within her heart trust in the saving work of Christ, we give thanks. And we pray that through the regular hearing of God's word and in time the reception of her Lord's body and blood in the supper, Grace Elisa would be kept in the true faith throughout all of her life's days until she receives the fullness of her in heavenly inheritance. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the fortitude of conviction, to be enabled to recall daily our own baptism against the temptations and seductions of the devil and the world and our own flesh, that we might recall that by baptism God has made us his forgiven and special people, and what God has made clean, even we dare not call common. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray for the eagerness to hear the scriptures read and preached, for the pastors glad to proclaim them, including for those men from our synodical seminaries who this past week received their calls into the office of the Holy Ministry, that God would grant them unwavering confidence in his Spirit's means of grace and therefore in him. We pray for those students who did not receive calls for the lack of them, that the Lord of his church would prepare congregations to receive under shepherds, that through them Christ may tend to his people. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, for the unity of doctrine and for right practice of that doctrine among all his church with whom we long to confess, that the saving Jesus Christ might alone be enthroned upon the doctrine believed, the words spoken, psalms sung, and deeds done. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for comfort and perseverance, patience and faith to those who especially yearn for the day when God will wipe away tears from all eyes and crying and pain and grieving will have passed away. We pray for Marguerite Halt and Sonia Heidemann, Dick and Elsie Much and Ralph Chambers, for those also who await test results or procedures, those undergoing treatment, including Sean O'Brien, who undergoes regular radiation treatment, for the hospitalized, including Hugh Ryan, for those who have been blessed by successful surgery and are recovering, including Jan Williams, Gloria Chambers, for all who weep the tears of mourning, including Dick Williams and his family at the imminent death of Dick's brother, that upon the wounds of their grief they might know the soothing peace that the risen Christ brings. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For God's blessing upon the Lutheran Women's Missionary League that this weekend has met in convention, that he might continue to use it to facilitate the spread of his word, that others might come to know him. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For good and just and honest government at all levels, for peaceable neighborhoods, for security in our homes and at the borders of our land, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the anxious and troubled in heart, the lonely, the depressed, for the lost and the misguided, that these would not neglect Christ Jesus, who has promised to be for them the stable ground, the companion, the hope, and the direction for those in need. Let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, have mercy. With those who celebrate special moments of God's grace in their lives, including Terence and Elaine Lum, as they mark their sixth anniversary of marriage, we give thanks that it has pleased our Lord to extend them such bounty. We pray that all husbands and wives would rest on Christ as their home's strength and draw on his love for them as their source of love for each other. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For hearts repentant that believe what Jesus has said, that the bread of the supper is his body, the cup his blood, that we might receive his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, thereby being built up in him in the faith, that we may not easily be moved from it, but remain rooted in him. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Heavenly Father, by your Holy Spirit, who declares to us the glorious work of your Son, Jesus Christ, keep us firm in the faith until faith in Christ gives way to the sight of him in heaven. Hear these our prayers. Deliver and preserve us, for to you alone be all glory, with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. Most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death. By his rising again, he has restored us to everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary, Magdalene, and Peter, and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy. sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and to be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, Lord, to forgive and renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. 
To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
for the forgiveness of your sins.
God the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive the benediction of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen.